T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece will be tomorrow. Today, it is the damn masterpiece with Derek Holland, Alex Medford, and Mike Bassick, D-A-M. Let's talk some Dallas Mavericks, or we could be talking to Colby Lewis, one of my former teammates and Derek Collins' uh, former teammates. So one of the rare guys that was able to play uh, that long. So he is in Surprise, Arizona. He is, to me, the clutchest pitcher in Texas Rangers history. So we're going to move back the Mavs' final 22 games uh, to twelve twenty, and that might take up the whole segment plus Kyrie Irving talk and kind of LeBron drooling over him all weekend trying to get him to be uh, an L.A. Laker uh, coming up. But uh, Colby is there uh, with the Texas Rangers, and he's helping out with the pitching uh, situation. Not he's going to pitch, but he is one of the guys that he will watch guys throw bullpens. He'll give his assessment. He'll give his feedback, see how things are going. He is one of those guys that I can't wait to talk to because uh, what a fascinating career. Uh, and is Colby on the line now? Are we getting him We're in getting a second? We're getting him in right now. We are getting Colby Lewis. Well, thank you so much, Derek. You're I, welcome. I have his number two, but I figure you're a lot tighter with him because, you know, you guys are in the World Series together yeah, multiple friends. years. So. We're friends. All right. Okay. Joining us now uh, on the fan hotline is former Texas Ranger Colby Lewis. Colby, Mike Bassick, how's it going, brother? What's up, Bass? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Derek Holland's here having fun with us right now, too. Hi, Colby. Uh, the Dutch oven, baby. What's up, Bubba? <laughs> Hi, buddy. <laughs> so you are with the – what are you doing right now in Surprise, Arizona? I am walking through field one, watching these boys stretch. Wish I had my spikes on. I could still do it. Got me a cortisone shot, though. Shoulder's feeling good. Man, I'm trying to do that now. You know, I'm, I want to put my spikes on. I'd like to put that blue jersey on, you know, get out there. Maybe you can pull some strings. Maybe get to, you know, let me throw in front of you, and you can be like, man, he looks good. I'll sign him. You, you, yeah, I know. You and Mad Dog can re- reunite and tell, tell all the good stories again. Oh, you better believe it. I know. Are you in charge of PFPs? No, I, I mean I, I'm I'm doing a good job of uh, monitoring everything well, that's with cool. uh, with my with my uh, my sunglasses on and watching. I like that. I do being, a good job. I do a good job with that. Being very pro. I got a question. So I'm curious, who stands out to you so far in this spring? I mean, obviously you got Degrom there and Evaldi there and those guys, but who is somebody that's kind of caught your got your eyes already? I know pitchers have already thrown their bullpens and such. Is there anybody that really stands out? Um, actually, everybody's kind of like, it's, um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, well, I know you say Evaldi, but I mean, gosh, he's bullpen yesterday or like, yeah, his live, live, well, went into live BP. He was like, just sitting like 92 to 95 in the side, in the side work. I was like, God, wait, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, I just remember us throwing bullpens and we were just kind of a little touch and feel here and everything else, but it's game's changed where, I mean, these guys get in the side work throwing bullpens and I'm like. Good Lord. I mean, it is just coming out hot. So, um, but overall, I think uh, the younger guys, I mean, um, who we got? Who threw the other day that was that I really liked? Um, oh, gosh. Berkey looked good. Um, who else? Did Rocker or Lighter or Owen White? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, Cole Wynn uh, uh, looked really well the ball really well the other day um and oh gosh why well, can't think of his name right now anyways i'll remember in a second well, colby but, when, um, it, when it comes to cole win obviously last year he didn't have his best year in the minor leagues but when i was with you uh colby obviously in in 06 
uh, there, you were released from the Washington Nationals and eventually found your way, I believe, to Oakland, and then you found your way in Japan. I feel like you have a unique perspective being a high prospect, being a guy who struggled in the major leagues, going over to Japan, and then really succeeded in the major leagues the second half of your career. Uh, do you feel like when you're talking to a guy like Colwyn or if you do have a discussion with him, you can kind of understand, say, I can understand what you went through last year? Well, yeah, for sure. But he's still so young. And gosh, he's yeah. what is he? Just turned twenty three, so um, he's got a lot of time to grow and mature. So um, I don't think he's quite, you know, where I was at and having surgeries and trying to, you know. I mean, I think his big thing is just uh, um, working a couple kinks out between the ears and and just not walking as many guys. You know, I mean, I think it, when we're young, I think we can all relate to that. I mean, I know Derek went through it. I went through it. I mean, it's just kind of the process of of trying to find how you and who you need to be when you're in the big leagues. You know, it's like you get called up and you're like, well, I better do good. Otherwise I'm going to get sent back to triple A. So it's, it's all, it's just a mental approach that because the physical aspects there, it's just the mental thing in between the ears that has to, has to uh, come forth and, and come through, you know? Have you talked to many of the guys about having that mental approach, you know, with working for me, I, I got to work with DK, Don Coxstein a lot. I don't yeah. know who's there now. Do you guys talk about that with the, the young guys there now? Oh, I, I think that's the biggest thing that uh, me and Darren all ever do is, is, is that we, we, I love talking to these kids about, you know, what, what their approach is and, and just the off uh, on the field, off the field stuff is just the establishing relationships and let them open up a little bit and feel like they belong, you know, like, um, that's a, uh, another thing, you know, like, you know, you can relate there when you're young, you're like, well, how, where do I fit in, you know? Um, and with all these other guys. And so I think it's just establishing relationships, you know, asking them what movies they like to go see and, you know, like, what do they do in their off time? And, you know, what do they do, you know, um, you know, to, to relax and the end it's just kind of just becoming buddies with them and, and, uh, trying to get them to relax and just, let their natural ability take over, you know? Are you seeing a lot of the veteran guys helping out with these young guys? Like, I got spoiled with you guys. When I was there, you know, I had you, Millwood, uh, Darren Oliver, Gordado, all those guys. Is that the kind of same pieces that you're seeing? Does it kind of give you any flashbacks of what was there when we were there? Or how, how would you describe the veteran guys with the young guys now? Yeah, yeah, I think I, um, as of right now, I think um, like with Duffy and Kennedy and uh, some of those guys that have definitely have some, some service time underneath them, they're really energetic and bouncing around and, and making conversations and talking with a lot of these young guys. So, um, I mean, it looks all optimistic and, and good. And I mean, um, I wish you could have sat in for, uh, Bochy's, uh, um, uh, talk this morning. I mean, for the, the first team team meeting as a full team, I mean, I was like, man, I was like, I need to get my spikes on. I mean, it's just so um, motivational. I just felt like it was back like it was, um, you know, with Washer and just, that winning attitude and, and uh, just it's going to be a nice breath of fresh air with with uh, simplifying the game and getting back to work and getting uh, putting a winning club back on this uh, back on the field for you guys. You know what I mean? So it's going to be it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I'm hoping to get one more chance. It'd be cool to be able to at least try one more time with the Rangers and if not right. retire or whatever. But the one thing I was curious too with all these new rules, the stupid pitch clock and stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah. are you guys working on that now with your live BPs and everything? I know today yeah, from what no, I'm used to, we, it's, it's live BP time. So I'm sure you guys are enforcing it. Yeah, no, we got like, like basically big clocks behind, um, uh, for live BP. So the guys can see it and, and they're calling it out if they take too much time and they're definitely practicing on it. Um, but the other thing is what's crazy about the rule changes and stuff like that. I mean, we're going over like first and third situations where like, then the box comes into, comes into play. So you're going to play. Yeah, have a chance with this new rule that is going to be kind of some Mickey Mouse stuff where you're going to have a runner on first and third, and if they, you know, take a take a, a false lead or, or whatever to try to get you to step off, that's one, right? You know, so and then you get back, the guy gets back to first, then he does it again, now it's two, and then, and if you don't get the out with the third time, then it forces the balk and the run's going to score automatically from third, you know? Yeah, so that's, that's it's going to be, it's yeah, it's going to be super frustrating in that aspect where, um, I think that's a rule change that has to be looked at really, really well and some some way be modified because, I mean, if they just continue to try to force you to step off and then it's going to force the balk and the automatic balk and, and the run's going to score, you know. 
Well, and, and Kobe with the major league team, you know, Bubba Thompson can fly. Leota Tavares can run. I mean, you guys got some athletes there on the major league team. Uh, I'm assuming on the other side, you guys are maybe going to practice that during spring training to take advantage of the rule, being a team that looks like you guys got some runners. Oh, no. I mean, definitely. I mean, that's that's what I mean. It's like it's definitely going to be a situation where, you know, you're going to have to look out for the, for the guys that can run and with that first and third situation and, um, but you definitely don't want to undermine the game. I mean, I hope, I hope it doesn't come to that, you know, where it just gets so ticky tacky, like, and like, it's not fun to watch because it's just a part of the game that, that shouldn't have been changed that way, you know, like, and it's like a gray art, gray area in, in a race car, I guess, you know what I mean? It's like, well, it doesn't say any, you can't do it in the rules. So then we're going to do it, you know? So, um, I don't know. It's a gray area that I think that needs to be that looked at already, you know. Well, you're our race car expert. I was watching the Daytona 500 yesterday, and I'm assuming yeah. you were watching it? Oh, yeah. So what do you think of kind of the ending where everybody just is trying to wreck each other? I know they're not trying to, but it kind of stunk for me not being a huge fan of, of race car. that I want to see that close finish, and unfortunately – you know, you get the, well, we hit a button, we have to look at replay, and, uh, you know, was it, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, not Stan House, but... Um, you know, yeah, Ricky Stanhouse. Stan, yeah, he, he ends up winning it at the end, but we don't really get the checkered finish that we want. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I mean, it's just part of it. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing. With just It's just a rule because it's kind of a safety issue at that point because if they continue to let them race, and if it's their car, wherever the wreck happens on that last lap, I mean, if there's you don't want them coming back and around, you know, when the car's spinning or sitting there smoking and on the track at doing 200 miles an hour, you know? So, um, it's just a rule that everybody wants to see a nice finish, but I mean, the, the super speedways are, you kind of just have to watch the last 20 laps, <laughs> sit around for three hours watching the race, but you really, you just need to watch the last 20. You got so. to get hammered drunk and watch it. Did you ever take Derek with you to like these race? Did you guys ever hang out at these races or did you ever go to Colby's place and see kind of the cars he works with? I've seen the cars. I've seen all that, but he, we never went to an actual you race. To, didn't, didn't, didn't you get to drive the pace car one, one Yeah, year? I did. I did drive yeah. the pace car here in, in Texas. Yeah. Texas 500. Yeah. That was awesome. That was fun. That, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Colby, Colby would look yeah. at some of the cars I'd buy and, you know, he'd talk about them and stuff. So yeah. I mean, he showed me yeah. a thing or two. I, I tried. I tried to get him to buy the Batmobile, but he wouldn't do it. So yeah, it's a little expensive. <laughs> just a little bit. Just bought the costume. Yeah, I just got the costume instead. It was a lot cheaper. <laughs> so are you walking around right now with the fans? Are you on field two? Or in yeah, I'm right behind. I'm right. I'm right behind one right here. No one. No one's field. Okay. So what was out. what was your favorite PFP to do, and what was your least favorite PFP to do? Pitchers fielding practice for people who don't know what PFP is. I think I think the the least favorite one is the Incredible Station where they just there's the softer ball, but they just absolutely just smoke it at you. So you, know, you take a short one, but it doesn't hurt as bad. But you just don't want to wear one like a short hop off the off the chin yes. or something, you know. So yeah, but I mean. I think all the PFP stations are are pretty simplified. You know, I mean, you don't you don't go at them a hundred percent. You know, I mean, you're trying to get your body in shape and be ready in six weeks. You know, you don't want to go flying over to the first base and pull a hammy. You know, so it's just I don't know. I mean, just easy ones. I like the easy stations. I had a bad back and bad hammies. Like, and no, I wasn't flexible, Colby. So when it was always the bunt, the the squeeze play where you had to try to barehand oh, it and, and give it to the catcher and stuff, I was like, man, oh, yeah. I'm not great at this. My hammies and back don't work this well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it, for me, I mean, I don't know. I I mess around and practice the glove slip and and have fun with it. Colby, I know everybody's on high alert here. So can you give us a slight update of how Degrom's looking right now? Did he play catch today uh, or good? What, he went out. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, everything's good. He's all cleared. He's just we're just slowly getting him, getting him, uh, getting him going. He went out to one twenty today, and and everything's and everything's good. Look good. Is so. he is he going to be getting off the bump anytime soon? Or I don't know well, how he's. I would say, I would probably say sometime. Yeah, beginning of next week. I would say. Oh, next week. Okay. Yeah. No, that's yeah, because he's he's at the one twenty. Was seventy five feet yesterday, one twenty today, and um, everything's good, man. I mean, he he looks great. That's you know? awesome. I know they yeah. want to hear that, so it's good for you to say that. 
Yeah, no, he, yeah, he looks good. I, I like, I feel like there's something in the water these days because I feel like I'm a pretty big guy, but I'm like, all these guys come out of the clubhouse and I'm like, just look at, hey, <laughs> horn <look> works. At, <laughs> yeah, the horn works in the <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> well, what I know, doing? I know that. Uh, is that kids? <laughs> no, it's a guy driving a per- personal golf cart around. Oh wow. Um. That's I'll incredible. see if I can keep walking down here. No, you're good. Uh, the, oh yeah, <laughs> this is incredible. It's great for our drivers here in Dallas, Fort Worth, listening to the station. Right. Like, what probably, am I doing wrong driving right now? Well, they probably think Colby's cussing up a storm on here right now. Yeah, right, and get the bleep button going. Um, yeah, you were talking about the size and everything, like how these guys yeah. are. I feel like Degrom's a very skinny guy. Is that is that right? No, he's he's he's. He, yeah, he's definitely a slight, uh, slight built, but I mean, he's like Chris got, Sale, he's six six. No, no, no. Um, no, he's got a little bit more. He's not the bulimic bomber. Chris Sale. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, man, he's like six. He's just tall, dude. Like it's crazy. Like these guys are just monsters these days. Well, I want to give like a quick little bit of love too. Like, how's Martin looking? You know, he was a guy that was very oh. consistent last year with the Rangers. How's he looking so far? Yeah. Oh, he looked great. Yeah, his side work was was awesome. He's in. He's in real good shape. He's uh he's looking. He already told me. He says I'm gonna do the same thing last year, Cole. So he said uh, um, that he uh, really just wants to repeat and just be the guy. You know, like I'm the silent dude, just goes about his work, gets his 30 plus starts in, and give another 200 innings. And he does that, we're gonna be in great shape. So, dude, you know how it is. I mean, if if we get if we get four guys to go out there and stay healthy all year, I mean, I mean it, that is for sure postseason bound. All right, that's the prediction, Colby, man. Hey, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, you know, the best right-handed pitcher uh, of, of the Rangers, especially during that time. Derek doesn't want me to, you know, leave him out since he's the left-hander uh, of the generation. <laughs> Just yeah. tell everybody I said hello, Colby. I, I miss those I guys. Will. Uh, hopefully I, I will. can come I will join definitely you. will. Yeah. All right, I'll brother. Put, I'll, we'll... put a, I'll put a good word in, Bubba. Thanks for coming on here, man. I appreciate that. All right. All right, see you guys. All right, all right. Coming up next, now we get to the Mavs and their final 22 games. Plus, will Kyrie play all 22 games? Next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's time to open up the lunch rush here in the damn masterpiece today. The KNC masterpiece will return tomorrow with the usual lineup. Alec Medford with you alongside Derek Holland and Mike Bassick until 2 o'clock today. We'll give way to Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broadus of the G-Bag Nation 2-7, to seven, followed by the get-right from 7-11 to 11 right here 
on 105.3 The Fan. But kicking off the lunch rush, what can the Mavs do in the final 22 games of their season as going into the All-Star break, not exactly pretty, not exactly the greatest uh, exit into the All-Star break, but they do have a little bit friendlier of a schedule in terms of competition to finish out the season, but a ton of road games. So, truckwreck.com, text line 877-881-1053. What are we expecting from the Mavs in the last 22 games, and what are we hoping to see? I think in the last 22 games, the Mavs need to win 12 minimum to make the real playoffs, and I think you put yourself in a risky proposition if you only win 12 of the 22 because that puts you four games over 500 at the end of the year, and with the teams behind you, I think you run the risk of being in the play-in tournament. But 12 puts you at 12 out 12 and 10 gives you a chance at the 6 spot. I think 14 wins. If you go 14 and 8 the rest of the way, you make the real playoffs. So that's my kind of number. I know it's very generic. You have to look at everybody's schedule and I'm not looking at everybody's schedule. But I think if the Mavs right now Barely sitting in the six spot. If they go 14 and eight the rest of the way, they will make the five or six seed. If they do anything less than that, they run the risk of being in the play in. I think if they go 10 and 12, which would put them below 500, it'd put them at 500 for the whole season. If they go 10 and 12, which I expect them to play better than that, but if they go 10 and 12, they are then going to be the 9 or 10 spot, and then you're going to have to win a play-in game and win another play-in game just to make the 8 spot, which I think would be very dangerous. So that's in a generic part on where I see the the, the Mavericks' last 22. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope to see them do quite a bit. I want to see the chemistry get going big time with Kyrie and Luka. Uh, I think you're also going to see more playing time from McGee. We've started to see the, the jumps. I feel like he's getting in there. So hopefully we can get a lot of action from him and hopefully positive stuff, make him be McGee, not Magoo. Yeah. Um, and then Christian Wood. I mean, we got to continue to see him doing great things with this team. I mean, we need we need to see some jumps forward. I mean, it's, if LeBron's going to say how these are the most important games of his career right now, so he's not, you know, back-to-back non-playoff team, right. I feel like the Mavs got to do the same thing. It's crazy with the Lakers, and I don't want to talk too much about them. They get enough talk you know, as possible, but they're sitting there with, I believe, 23 games left, and they're five games under 500, I believe. They might be a few, uh, I think they're five games under 500, but they got to play great basketball the rest of the way just to make in the the, the play-in situation. And so, um, looking at the Mavericks here to start off, Alec, it is home game after home game after home game. The 23rd through the 7th is all home games. San Antonio, Lakers, Pacers, 76ers, Suns, which most likely will have Kevin Durant playing in that game, Mm -hmm. and then Utah. If I ask you guys that again, San Antonio, think in your head what they're going to do here. San Antonio, Lakers, then Pacers, 76ers, Suns, and Jazz. That is their homestand coming up here. What is their record in those games? Those are six games. You start off strong against a team that has lost 14 in a row. And the San Antonio Spurs. Trying to lose. Trying to lose. Absolutely. The Lakers, I still don't know what to make of them. Pacers are what they are. The 76ers. It's the Sixers and Suns are what worry me. And that's clear as day. That's obvious. I'd say in a six-game homestand, I'm hoping for four and two. I'm expecting three and three. All right. That's not good. Derek. I missed it. All right. So I would look at it and I would say... Four and two. If they do go three and three, and then you start hitting the road at New Orleans, at Memphis. Yes, you come back home to Memphis, but they're 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 good. And then you look at at San Antonio. Yes, easy. But then at the Lakers, at Memphis, you just start going crap. If you go three and three on this homestand where you've played much better basketball, I think four and two needs to happen. If not five and one. Now, obviously, you mentioned the two toughest games are going to be Philadelphia and Phoenix. Uh, Los Angeles, look, if you can beat Los Angeles on Sunday, uh, a, a day game, if you beat Los Angeles there, you put yourself in great position that they're not going to catch you because then you hold tiebreakers and all kinds of stuff like that. And Los Angeles, 
I think it's important, too, because it ties into the Kyrie Irving story. Because if Los Angeles, I don't know. It's weird with Los Angeles. I'll take them out of this scenario. But if Dallas ends up playing 12-10 and 10 basketball the rest of the way, then that means that Kyrie and Luka didn't play that great together because they weren't winning. Now, they could be scoring 30 apiece and everything, but you need to show here Kyrie, who I still think wants to go to the Lakers. In the back of his mind, I still think he's like, look, the Lakers are my destination unless Dallas does something that pushes me in another direction. I'm not saying he's totally eliminating Dallas, but man, from my my buddy uh, that I've got to know now who's a, an agent uh, from Brian Winhurst, who spoke about it today on ESPN and the way that LeBron courted Kyrie all weekend, uh, I there's going to be a strong push for Kyrie to go to L.A. I know they can't sign him outright. It has to be a sign-and-trade, and, and a lot of parties have to agree on a sign-and-trade. It's not as easy to do it as possible. But don't put it past Kyrie to go to L.A. I've already been told, do not put it past Kyrie to go to L.A. if he wants to go there and take $15 million less per year to make sure he gets to L.A. I don't. I personally don't think he's going to go to L.A. This is just my opinion. He's already been with LeBron once. He hasn't done. Or he hasn't been around Luca. I think that's where he. I think yeah. he's going to enjoy this. He's going to stay. Yes, things might not be exactly how they want it. That's fine. Going back to the Mavericks though, with this, they have to win the games they're supposed to. That's the big thing. Is sometimes we play against those teams that we should easily be winning, and we play down to their level, and then we get, yeah, messed up and we lose. So we can't do that. We have to win the games we're supposed to win. That has to happen. And then there's, I mean, they've got quite a few tough opponents ahead of them too. So you win 50% of those, I think that's going to help too. Here's the great news. And I know we're looking at the first six at home, but if you look at kind of the last games, yes, they have a long road trip to finish the season somewhat, but you have Charlotte twice. They're one of the worst teams in basketball and they'll be trying to lose to get as many chances as they can at women yamba uh situation indiana's a below 500 team they're they're not bad but they are a below 500 team and then you have at atlanta who look they'll be fighting for their playoff slice but they're not a great team sacramento solid team chicago has uh, underwhelmed at the end of the year here and then san antonio to finish so there's a good chance at the end of the year too your schedule is pretty good to win games and here to start off the uh, you know you call it the second half but there's only 22 games left uh, you really need to go four and two or or five and one at home, and if you can start this off strong and finish it off, and then play five hundred where the schedule's pretty tough, you'll find yourself in a great position. And I want to find the 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 Mavericks in the position they're at right now, Derek. And that is this: right now, if it all finished up today, you're facing Sacramento. I think the Mavs beat Sacramento in a seven game series, and then if you were to win that. You avoid the Clippers and you avoid the Phoenix winner and you avoid the Denver Nuggets because they're on one side of the bracket and you'd play the Memphis Grizzlies for some reason. And I kind of know why. Luka loves John Morant, but he hates that people think at times John Morant is better than him. He plays great basketball against the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, they've never played playoff basketball, but... For some reason, Luka, the Memphis Grizzlies bring out the best of Luka Doncic. So you'd be in that bracket. Sacramento and Memphis would be ahead of you. So if you were to win that 3-6 matchup, then you'd be playing Memphis instead of playing Denver. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I, there's not much I can say. I do. I like that a lot. I'd rather stay away from Utah and the Clippers and especially the Suns right now after what they just yeah. got. If you had to, Alec, right now, rank in order the top five, obviously record is one thing. If you were to rank right now the top five teams that could come out of the West in order, what would it be? Oh, number one, I think it's a given. It's the Phoenix Suns, just okay. because of what they've done at the deadline. Number two, I'd go Denver, just because I think when you have Nikola Jokic playing at that level consistently night in and night out, You've got a chance to make things shake. Number three, that's where it gets tough. I don't know if I believe in the Grizzlies enough. The Sacramento Kings are really hard to bend against. And then the Clippers are adding Russell Westbrook. Uh, just agreed to a buyout today with the Utah Jazz, and uh, his agent told ESPN that he's going to the Clippers. Reinforcements there for the Clippers, who are really lightning in a bottle. Really weird. Yeah. So I'd go, I'd go Suns, Nuggets... 
I'll go Kings. Grizzlies, Mavs. All right. Derek. So I want to, I like what you were saying, but I, I think too, for me, Denver still stays number one. You don't know what the chemistry is going to be like with KD because they haven't played together yet. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's like, I kind of want to see where that goes. I would probably have them at three. I'm still going to give Denver the, the number one. I mean, Memphis and Sacramento, they just scare me because you don't know what's going to happen for the second half part. They could fall apart pretty easily. The Clippers have a lot of veteran stuff, so I feel like they can move up when it comes to that. So I would say Denver one. I'm going to say Clippers two, uh, Phoenix three, then Memphis and Sacramento battling back and forth, four and five, and then the Mavericks right there at six. Okay, so I like what you guys are saying, and I don't think this will be the seeding at the end of the year, but the teams that I think have the best chance to make it to the NBA Finals from the Western Conference. I'm going to go Phoenix number one right now, but I agree with you, Derek. I'm going off of what I think it's going to be. We haven't seen at all what it's going to be, but I think if it looks as good as uh, it looks like on paper, I'm going to pick Phoenix to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. I'm not going to be happy about that, but uh, that's where I have it. I have Denver number two. I, I do think they those two are on a collision course. I, I want them to be the one and four seed. Because then if the Mavs get lucky enough, they avoid those two teams and one of them gets knocked out by 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 the other. Now, I'm going to say this, and this is who I think could be. This is a big risk. I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors at number three. See, that comes into health. That's why right. I, I didn't put them in there because of we don't know if they're going to be healthy enough to. Mm -hmm. And I do want to add this real quick. I, it's, I know he was part of the team or we signed him or whatever. Is Aldridge a part of this team? Not, not yet. Not yet. No. Okay. That could be a huge piece that helps because we need a yeah. big man. I just want to throw that in. All right. God, am I going to homer it up here? And I don't know what the crap the Mavs are going to look like, honestly. I'm going to go with the biggest threat because Luka showed that he can carry a team to the Western Conference Finals last year. And this is a lot of hope because the defense and rebounding looks pathetic. Yep. Uh, so far, early on in this new Kyrie Luca team, I am going to go with Dallas number four because I think if Luca and Kyrie mesh well, uh, that that is really scary. And then I'm going to go with Memphis at number five. The reason I do not have the Clippers, I don't trust their health at all. And the other thing too is I think they got worse today. I really mm -hmm. do. I think I think Den I think sorry the the Clippers got worse adding. Westbrook, he's a chemistry killer. He's not trying to be. He just doesn't understand how basketball works. I've talked to Oklahoma City people because they're in the same building that the Dallas Mavericks are in for pre and post game. And they've worked with Westbrook, and he does not understand how NBA basketball works. He is a super talented guy who has no clue how basketball works. I think he just needs to be out of the Lakers. I think he needs to be away from LeBron because of all the attention and everything that's there, the pressure that they're putting on him. LeBron. I, I just I don't like how that was. I think he'll be okay. I think he's yeah, gonna but do he won't things. give the ball to Kyrie when Kyrie's hot. He won't. He doesn't understand now. Paul George and and, and uh, Westbrook did play together at Oklahoma City, so they have. I don't know if they have chemistry, but they have played together. George and Westbrook have played together, but he struggles if you have him on the court. And this is where you can't if. As long as they don't have him on the court the last four minutes of playoff games, they'll be okay. But I don't know if Westbrook will accept that he's not on the court the last four minutes of a game. I mean, I get it, but I just feel like him being away from... To me, the Lakers are the major market team. There's a lot. It's like going to play for the Yankees. That media is going to get to him. I think that's what was going on. He's going to have a little bit more... Wasn't he kind of in that same market? Yeah, I, I know. I, that's why I'm trying to just give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt like with that, but... I just think he's going to do a little bit better. I'm not saying yeah. he's going to be back to all-star yeah. caliber, all that. No, he's just going to make – I think he'll be a lot better than we're expecting. Him. I think I it's mean, we're saying. I think it's really tough after Phoenix and Denver, whichever order you want to put them in, I think it's really tough because I do think there's a group of Golden State, the Clippers, the Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies. I didn't put Sacramento in there. They've never made the playoffs. I get they're having a good regular season, but I just don't think De'Aaron Fox, who can't really shoot, and I do like him a lot. He's an all-star. But I think, man, when you get down to playoff time and your main guy having the ball can't shoot, I, I, we see it in the playoffs all the time. They'll, they'll figure out defenses. 
to stop De'Aaron Fox from driving in the lane, and it's going to make his life a lot harder come playoff time. I think we're going to see a lot of the warts of De'Aaron Fox's game come playoff time, but I think that the Mavs, for these last 22 games, need to go 14-8. and eight. If they go 14-8, and eight, they'll find themselves in a good position, and we'll be feeling good about this. I'm hoping that Kyrie is a guy who stays here um, because I do really like his game. And I do think that Nico and Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic, I'm hoping that they can create this chemistry. But, I mean, I don't want to end this segment without us talking about what LeBron did this weekend to make sure he said all the things. He picks Kyrie number one. Like, this is what LeBron does. LeBron is recruiting right now Kyrie to the L.A. Lakers next year. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, you saw all of his comments. He was literally doing everything he could to just tell Kyrie, hey, come on over here. Come be a Laker without literally saying it. Come be a Laker. And hey. then we we hear Alec also that I don't know this and I, I don't mind doing this. I mean, the health is a major issue, but it's almost like Anthony Davis, if they don't create unbelievable chemistry uh, with D'Angelo Russell and with um, – uh, Rui Hachimura and and everything that they've done, Mo Bamba. I don't know how much he's going to play in the playoffs, but that they they are willing to. It sounds like possibly part with Anthony Davis to make sure that they get Kyrie. And it makes sense. I don't want that. You know, it, it does make a lot of sense because you do have obviously the connection, the courting, if you will, of LeBron and Kyrie uh, last night. And Kyrie is a very sentimental person. As we've learned, especially since he's gotten here to Dallas, he always talks about the relationship with Nico, the relationship, the connection with Mark Cuban. Yeah. Planting those seeds now. But, yeah, moving Anthony Davis in some sort of uh, package to acquire Kyrie, the way it's looking now for the Lakers, it it feels like they do want to extend D'Lo. It feels like they want to keep him around for a few more years. That takes away any hope of them just getting an outright signing of Kyrie, as you mentioned earlier. So, if you can offset that by moving Anthony Davis and you can do the sign and trade for Kyrie Irving, it's making more and more sense if that, like you said, the unbelievable chemistry just doesn't show up in the playoffs if they make the playoffs. Yeah. And if it causes them to miss the playoffs, that feels like something that could really happen and happen pretty quick. Yeah, and just, I know, Derek, you're shaking your head because yeah, of Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Okay, then Anthony Davis, here's what L.A. does. Anthony Davis moves to another team for nothing. Just... They're go- if Kyrie wants to be there, agents do this. And this is what an agent has told me is going to happen. If L.A. doesn't have the ultimate success and they don't make a playoff run with D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis, they already have things in place and Kyrie will make it happen with his agent to make sure he gets to L.A. It doesn't mean Anthony Davis has to come to Dallas, but Anthony Davis could move to another team to open up that 40-something million dollars to make sure Kyrie gets it and stuff like that. So I think... You have to watch out here. Brian Winhurst is obviously LeBron's mouthpiece in the media, and he is spouting out today that that LeBron still wants Kyrie. He wants Kyrie to be a, a Laker. He wants that connection uh, with it. And so I think the Mavericks do have to be prepared if the Lakers don't make a great run with the team that they've assembled through the trade deadline, if the Mavs don't make a run in the playoffs and Kyrie doesn't feel super comfortable about being with Luka the next three to four years, I think you have to be prepared to do a sign and trade with the Lakers. And it doesn't mean Anthony Davis has to get to the Dallas Mavericks, but it might be a third team that comes in and Anthony Davis goes somewhere else. But you have to be prepared with what LeBron is doing LeBron controls a lot of the NBA, and if Kyrie wants to go to L.A. as a free agent, Kyrie, from what I understand, will say, fine, if you won't trade me there for $50 million, I will sign a deal for $30 million there. And it's weird because you're like, dude, he left Brooklyn because they wouldn't give him the major max-out extension. But there's rumors around the NBA that if Kyrie wants to go to L.A. and the Mavericks are like, well, we're not trading you there, he might sign for less money there than you would ever expect just to get to LA. Yeah. So you just, it's the way the NBA is now. That's why Kevin Durant is saying like, it's all good for the NBA, but it could be really bad as a Mavs fan. If all of a sudden Kyrie leaves you for nothing and the Mavs are prepared from what I understand. They love Kyrie. They want him to be a Dallas Maverick. They're showing him every which way of Dallas is the place for you, but they also understand the way agents work and the way players work that they are prepared to have to do a sign and trade with Kyrie if he wants to be a Laker. Yep. No, I get that. Interesting conversation there because Anthony Davis uh, 
he's a hot commodity around the NBA, and imagine that ending up in Dallas and seeing this whole thing blow up. But how could he be a hot commodity if he's he's hurt all the time? People are still interested in the upside. It's just like how Ben Simmons ended up with Brooklyn. Because, because he helped win a championship in 2020. I know it was a bubble, but he was averaging pretty much 25 points, 15 rebounds, and three block shots in the bubble ago. playoffs. People will bet on the upside. It, it, it's a retread league in the I, NBA. I'm not saying I, I love him. No, I know, but, I know. But it's just one of those things where you, you can't lose. If you lose Kyrie for nothing, this is where Kevin Durant's wrong. You, you totally lose interest as a Dallas Maverick fan because if you get nothing for Kyrie in this offseason, and I know I'm speaking way ahead, but this is what Winhurst is doing. This is what LeBron is doing to us. It's making us speak about losing Kyrie possibly. And you, if you lose him for nothing, you might as well quit your season tickets because it's going to get really bad here in Dallas. It really is, but it's about to get really good for the Tolos because it's time to give something away. <laughs> Caller number 10 wins a four-pack of tickets to the Friday and Saturday matchups of the Frisco Baseball Classic happening at Riders Field in Frisco on March 3rd and 4th. See Division I baseball teams such as Mississippi State, Oklahoma, uh, Berkeley, and Ohio State take on one another in a different matchup each day. Tickets are now on sale at FriscoClassic.com. That's caller number 10 at 877 881 1053 to get your chance at some tickets for the Frisco Baseball Classic. But now we do have to get into this NFL conversation surrounding the Chicago Bears and the number one pick because there's been some conflicting reports. I've seen Jason Lockenfora come out and say that lots of GMs were leaving uh, the Senior Bowl convinced thoroughly that they're going to trade Justin Fields, but then you see the conversation coming from, you know, the front office itself saying, we believe in this guy. You know, we think that we can win around him. And, hey, you have $96 million in cap space this offseason. Yeah. So why not just keep the guy, trade the pick, get a haul, and build around him? That's the conversation. Are the Bears making a mistake here by keeping Justin Fields? Should they trade the number one pick? Or sh should they trade Justin Fields and get themselves a new quarterback? I think the mistake they could make is not doing their due diligence on Young and Stroud. You have the number one pick right now. You don't know the offers. I'm sure they have feelers on what possibly Houston or Indianapolis or possibly, let's say, Carolina, somebody in the top ten, might be willing to give. But I think you do need to look at the two quarterbacks and scout them and interview them to give you an idea because – as much as they might like Fields, I do think people are bringing up valid points, and he did have 11 interceptions in 15 games. His completion percentage was at 60%, which is pretty darn low for 2,242 yards. I do know he runs. I, I know that he's not just uh, you know, a quarterback that passes only. He ran for over 1,000 yards in his games played this year. So I get that he brings more to the table than just passing the football. But I do think that the Bears, if they don't look at these quarterbacks and give themselves multiple opportunities, because what if, Alec, Houston comes to you and like, look, we're fine. Whichever quarterback falls to us at two, we're fine. And Indy says, we know you're not taking a quarterback. And I don't think you want to drop down to number nine. I don't think you want to go to the ninth, because now you go to the ninth pick, you're not getting what is considered a super premium guy. Maybe you feel like you love a guy, but what if he goes at eight? What if people think of the Cowboys? They did fall into Micah Parsons, which is great, but think about how disappointed they probably were. And I know the fan base was at the time when you didn't get a cornerback in the draft. You thought, hey, yep. for sure one's going to fall to us at 10. And when none of them did, they had to trade out a 10 back to 12 and still get, obviously, they got lucky in a way that they got one of the three best, if not the best player in that draft. And so I'm just looking at the the Bears going, hey, you don't know what your trade's going to be yet. Uh, and you do need to look at these quarterbacks because maybe your trade is, I'm not saying that this is ideal, but maybe your trade is, trading Justin Fields to the Carolina Panthers or to Washington or to something like that and picking up a whole bunch of stuff there and with the number one pick taking a guy that you think is a much better quarterback or a better quarterback than Justin Fields who restarts your rookie um, track. You have five years of a, a small number where you are in year three of Justin Fields now. 
My question is, I, I'm really conflicted here because we talk about with the movement of assets in the NFL. We saw it with Amari Cooper here. When you telegraph things, there's usually a sentiment that value goes away when you telegraph that you don't want something. Right. With something as coveted as the first overall pick, do you think them telegraphing through the media, hey, we don't want this pick, we want to move off of it, does that help fuel a bidding war or does that bring the value down by teams calling up saying, we know you don't want that pick, stop playing hardball? I think you need to know before you um, give it out to the media. And so I'm going to assume this. I'm going to assume Chicago without knowing that they know that there's at least two teams, if not four teams, that want to move all the way up to number one, either to move up ahead of Houston to get the guy they want, or Houston is scared that they're going to have a better evaluation of one quarterback than the other, and they don't want to get the second guy. Um, So I, I think that I'm assuming that Chicago, when they put out there, we're keeping Justin Fields and we're moving the number one pick, that they know there's about to be a major competition. Because if there isn't, and teams are like, you can stick there at one, uh, we like both quarterbacks about the same. And you know what? I, I don't. I mean, you could play hardball here. You might be bluffing, but you could say, you know what? We don't want one of these quarterbacks. We're actually going to be dog crap because we want Caleb Williams, and we're just going to take a guy we like at two. We're not going to take a quarterback. We're going to take a guy we like at four. We're not going to take a quarterback. And then Chicago's sitting there going, man, we thought we were going to get a whole bunch of assets, but we're just going to have to take – I'm sorry I'm forgetting names, but we're either going to have to take Will Anderson yeah. of Alabama or we're going to have to take one of the de- the defensive tackle – I'm forgetting his name um, – and not get the assets that we wanted. I do think somebody will trade up, but you could find yourself teams going, we think Caleb Williams is so much better, and I'm wondering with Broadus if this ever happens – I wonder if you scout a guy and you say, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's somebody who just you think is a can't miss, we love that guy so much more that we're going to take the risk of not taking a quarterback right now at number four or number two and be really crappy one more year to get the guy that we know is the best. What are you guys doing today? If if you're the if you're Ryan Poles out there in Chicago and you the deal needs to be made today decision needs to be made what are you doing are, are you I, keeping justin fields or are you moving on derek i ask my scouts him. i say how much how great is bryce young and how great is stroud because if they're way better if you guys are telling me that justin fields will never be better than one of these two guys then i gotta take that quarterback to me i i agree with you on that but i also look at it as how like these guys haven't done anything in the nfl it changes once you get to the nfl so for me i look at fields right now we've already made some improvements with him yeah we had an injury i'm not saying we jumped to you know a 10 game or 10 10 win season but we made the improvements with him now we got to continue to first of all get him an offensive line to help out yeah so it gets more time he's become we've noticed now one of his strengths is he can move he can run he can he run and throw at the same time like a lamar jackson okay we'll find that out we keep using that so i me personally i would keep him and go get some other pieces that can help keep that line right yeah. I, I don't I don't see the quarterbacks that are in the draft being better than him and going off of that point that Derek made the Chicago Bears wide receiver depth chart not exactly flashy Darnell Mooney Chase Claypool who they traded the uh second round pick this year for which is now the 32nd overall or the 33rd overall pick what rather a stupid trade yeah what a stupid trade so I, they I never got that at, at when they did it I didn't understand it either and now that they ended up being the worst team in the NFL that turned into a pretty premium pick yeah so that's essentially an outside first round pick for a lot of teams there's going to be talent there available for the Steelers and then Equinemius St. Brown is their third receiver Justin Fields his stats aren't all that pretty for a reason as Derek mentioned no offensive line no receivers David Montgomery solid running back outside of that what do you got yeah. Cole Commit was their best, I guess, catcher because he led the team in yards at 544. But um, I think it's a tough call for the Chicago Bears. But this is a franchise-changing decision. Like, this is it. This is for the Bears. You make the right decision, you should put yourself in a position to make the playoffs, let's just say, four out of the next six years. You make the wrong decision, and you're the Chicago Bears again for a decade, and you're farting around winning three to seven games uh, for another five years until you can find another guy to possibly lead your team. 
yeah, I can't argue that. I mean, that's, yeah, and it's a tough gets, decision, but like, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm sticking to Fields. That's just me. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, but this is like if you're the general manager, this decision decides your fate three years from now. You're either fired or you are sitting pretty. With th- This decision is a you're either getting fired in two to three years or we love you in two to three years. The thing is, you got to start all over. If you go get one of these other quarterbacks that's in the draft, we have to start all over again. And the guys that are already there, they want to win now. So let's keep what we got and let's build around that. That's that's At least that's what I would think of. But you're evaluating Justin Fields as better. Correct. If I'm if I'm the general manager, and I'm not saying I know, but if I'm evaluating Stroud or Young as better than Fields, then what am I doing sticking with Fields? Correct. That's that's the tough, tough one. And right. with almost a hundred million dollars in cap space, that could be your sales pitch to free agents as well as, hey, we're taking Bryce Young. You want to play with him? You know you do. That could be a sales pitch. But at the end of the day, I'm keeping Fields. There's no reason okay. to give up on on him at that point. Just build around, get the haul. But Coming up next on the damn masterpiece, Mike has a uh, a golf show that he needs to talk to us about a little bit more. Netflix makes golf awesome. Next, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.